It's been a long road. I'm gonna kill Getting you from immediately. It's been a... I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, 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 I'm trying. I really am trying, but I can't do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome aboard the USS Henson and to Riser and Shine, your unofficial Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I'm your host, trying to sing Jason, and joining me on the bridge is my number one, Michaela. Hello. Now... My goodness, as COVID-19 ravages the world like the Teplan blight from Deep Space Nine, we hope that our humble podcast can bring a little joy to your life during lockdown. Um, if you'd like to know a little bit more about us and our Star Trek bona fides, why not go back and then listen to episode zero, where we kind of yeah. get into how we met, all our background, um, all our Star Trek history, our travels around the world. Although I might have to say that since this is episode eight, we hope that um, the lockdown will be finished by then. Yeah, by, by the time, time it airs. Yes, yes, obviously we're recording ahead, so by the time this airs, we're hoping that the world has suddenly changed, it's raining least... rainbows, we can ride <laughs> unicorns. Well, at least maybe All we got home. All stuff is happening, so yeah, let's hope that's that's different by the time you hear us next week. Um, but if you have any comments or suggestions or even a cure for COVID-19, <laughs> why not um, send us some feedback and send it along to us at our new email address, riserandshinepodcast at gmail.com. But for now, let's take our stations and get into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 8, Breaking the Ice. Alright, Breaking the Ice. What did, you, what did you think of this one? I thought it was... Are we going straight to the pips? No. Uh, oh, no, no, in no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Episode discuss. She's trying to read the notes and she's not very good. Um, <laughs> no, because we're, again, we're going kind of off the top. So normally yeah. we have our notes and it's the episode sort of points are on the screen. But now we're just kind of episode discussion, just going off the top, freestyling it, and, and just talking about it as we go, really. So I think it was average. Yeah, this was. It a, wasn't. Nah, it was a nothing burger of an episode. I mean. Yeah. First of all, okay, it's called Breaking the Ice, and it was very literal. It was literally on the nose. Um, There's a whole Breaking the Ice. So basically, beginning of the show, they spot a comet. Um, Actually, it's the first time that Vulcans or humans have seen this comet, because it wasn't mentioned on any of the star charts, as usual, because they're going by the Vulcan star charts, since they've been further and done more exploring than the humans. So Archer's called Archer's Comet because it's the first yeah. person to, to see it. So they basically find this comet and they go down to... They want to get some start samples because I think it's full of... Um, ice, Alicium, I think it was? Yes, Icilium. 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 It has some Icilium, which they want to grab some samples from. So they go down to the planet with the um, pod and begin drilling, basically. So they're literally breaking the ice. Yeah. Um, and then in parallel to the breaking the ice... In physically, there's these kind of two situations happening with yeah. Archer and the Vulcans, of course, because they are in the vicinity as they find this comet, and he's a bit suspicious as to why they're always turning up yeah. whenever there's something interesting going on with the Enterprise. So there's that sort of communication, diffidence. yes, going yeah, on there, kind of breaking diffidence. And then there's the whole Paul and Trip thing, where they have their Again. own little thing as well. So yeah, the episode kind of. It's a little bit on the nose in that regard, but I guess it's a, a nice theme for the whole thing. Yeah. What's going on, essentially, with... It's a, it's a relationship episode, I think. I think this one is starting to kind of establish 
possible Social relationship dynamics. maybe between Depaul and Trip. I mean, it seems obvious that they're saying something yeah. about that. Remember, this two. is yeah. they've already wiped um, salaciously and seductively, yeah, in sort the, of sanitized each other in the blue room. Yeah, and they have a lot of scenes together, and they're the, probably the two best-looking people, I guess. That and you now, know, and now she, up. I think. We'll, well, we'll go through the, the actual story, but I think now she kind of probably going to be available. Yes, yeah, I think, yeah, so they have said, yeah, now when, you th- when I think about it, this episode is kind of setting something up between yeah. those two, breaking the ice. Um, but let's mention before we get into those guys, the only part that I'm really enjoyed is actually the uh, report that they have to do for the children. And it starts off, the episode starts off with some drawings that they received from yeah. um, kids on Earth from a school, like maybe, I don't know, third grade or something like this. Yeah, and they're very much interested into life on board the Starship. Yeah, these are all, I guess, future yeah. uh, Federation members, Starfleet and that Academy was very members. Cute. That was quite cute. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so basically while... So Reed and Mayweather, they go down on the comet and they're the ones who are going to drill and get this sample. So we cut away from those two guys and we spend a fair chunk of the episode on this little scene where these kids have sent in their questions yeah. and Archer and the crew on the bridge are recording their answers. The answers, yeah. It's um, so a little bit of comedy moment going on there. Yeah, it's quite sweet because they're asking questions like, yeah, you know, yeah. can you date on the starship? And where does the do poop you, go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, how do you eat? What's, you know. But actually, it's interesting because we were kind of, we gave each other a look during this, um, um, this part of the episode because... We were saying, oh, here's the typical script writing. They're kind of explaining a lot of things that probably the audience have been asking, and they designed, they presented it as a, you know, a, yeah. a children writing to the yeah. to the crew and uh, and asking questions that really is the audience asking, right? Yeah. So, so as we've mentioned before in a few episodes, so in storytelling, there's some sort of exposition or questions they probably need that they think the audience might need in terms of little yeah. things that happen on the ship. Questions that fans Basic. or people might ask themselves about, you know, space explorers and life on board a ship, and just out of curiosity, and they use this or those sort of um, thoughts and questions that people might have to create this scene. Yeah, that's also out of logic, because it helps you make sense of what you yeah, see, it, right? It does. It kind of grounds the, the story, the story mm. in things that are... Recognizable to because obviously it's like being, I guess, on a submarine or just away on a, on a ship somewhere at sea. So people will have those kind of questions, you know, if this is not something that you've done in your life or know someone or you're not interested in that kind of thing. But those questions will come up as mm. you become more into what you know what's going on on, on board the ship, especially if you're a Star Trek fan. All these little minutiae and all these little details yeah. are always quite interesting. Which is interesting because actually uh, considering this episode eight in we have touched on several of those in the uh, in our previous discussions. Um, we talked about how do they communicate, you know. Yes, and that was one right? of the questions. So yeah, the last few episodes, you, know, um, you probably noticed I keep going on about how is this communication happening between different races that we, we're assuming don't know English. Now, the Vulcans, I think it's just well established that they understand yeah. English, or they would definitely understand that without a translator. But whenever they've met, like they met the um, Andorians the last time, yeah. we was wondering how it was all working. And one of those questions that the children was asking was, 
how, how do, you do you communicate with other, between species, other species? Yeah. Now, they didn't quite give us the answer. They gave us the answer that we already know, which was when our archer passed that question over to Hoshi, mm. she says, we have the universal translator, but sometimes it doesn't work, and in so those I situations, in. I have to step in. Mm. So again, we understand that they have the universal translator, and we're understanding that it works on the ship. So if someone is hailing, if they're hailing or speaking to someone from another ship, we can understand that it would work hmm. because the communication is coming through their channels, gets translated by yeah. the computer, and it puts it into English. Everyone can understand. Yeah. It's when they go off to off a ship, planet. Yeah, because yeah. we haven't, they don't have com badges hmm. unless it's in the communicator in, in, mm. in some way Could or be. tricorder we're, we're not sure I, 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 we're pretty sure we have not seen how it works off ship so again let us know if we've missed something or it works yes it in the, it's in the communicator or there is some chip that they've got inside their ear that we just oversaw. yeah because it showed like know. in other series it's much clearer yeah they go out their way to explain it like yeah. the next generation they explain how it works and then you understand yeah. going forward that that's, D yeah. Space Nine, that's how it would work. But because this series is set before all that, yeah. we're just wondering why is it everyone speaking English when they go off ship? So, yeah, please let us know if we've, if we've missed something something there. But as far as we're concerned at the moment, they still haven't given us a real explanation for that. And then, yeah, so there's that. Then there is the um, other thing about the replicators. Yeah, so, so we discovered we that they actually that. have a chef. Yes, they have a chef that, like that a... cooks most of the food. Mm. Um, I think drinks are fully replicated. Yeah. Um, but Archer did mention that they do have a protein, a bioprotein resequencer, re I think. Resequencer, yes. That can replicate some foods. Yeah. And in fact, we saw a beautiful piece of food on this episode. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> which was an amazing piece. I put on weight just looking at it. Of pecan yeah. pie that yeah. Trip was having. And it plays a little bit of a. A little bit of a nice counterpoint in in the in this episode, the speaking works. It comes back later. So basically, in terms of the story, there's this comet. Um, the guys are going to go down there to get some samples. All of a sudden, some, a Vulcan ship turns up and it puts Archer off because he feels that they're spying, yeah. basically. Being checked on. Um, but you know, he's like, okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let them hang around and see what we're doing because we're not doing anything dodgy. We just mm. want to get some samples. And in fact, the Vulcans. It was very scientific as a mission. Yeah, and they said they're not interested in comets anyway. You know, if you, you know, they said like, look, do what you want to do. We're just interested that you're interested in the comet, yeah. but we're not per se. So yeah. we're just kind of here, hanging out. If you need any help, let us know. And I just like, cool, do what you want to do. We're gonna do our thing. So that's all happening. Um, and then, so it sets up a little bit of, you know, the usual sort of what's going on here, maybe a bit of mistrust. Uneasiness, yeah. And then they find a message was sent sort of secretly, I guess, Trip. subspace. Um, Hoshi finds a message, yeah. sends it to Trip, and it was in Vulcan. And then obviously it was from Topal to the Vulcan ship. So that doesn't help with the whole what is kind of going on situation. Um... But then it turns out a bit later on when they're discussing. No, that. it's the opposite. It came from the ship. Oh yeah, yeah. Either way, basically, it's a Vulcan to the message. Yeah. Personal. Yeah, I thought she had sent it because she was basically. You find no, out later on that. No, because she's been told that she has to make a decision. Oh, yes, so yes, that's yes, the yes, message. Yeah. Yeah. So she received the message to her private quarters, and this is suspicious to them because. She has an agreement with Archer that says... Yeah, anything 
you know, you're not going to talk to the Vulcans unless, you know, I know about it. Um, because obviously there were suspicions earlier on that she might be a spy or sort of things like that. And so having this message is, is like twice, and you, it, twice as suspicious. And when Trip tells um, Archer, he's. Visually disappointed, visibly sorry, disappointed. Yeah, he wasn't too happy about that. But it kind of turned out to be all over nothing because the message wasn't sort of nefarious in any way. It was actually no, it was very. It's just a personal personal. message. Yeah, it was a personal message between the the Surok Surok class ship and um, Enterprise and Tapal because we find out that she's got an arrangement to be married. Yeah, she's engaged to someone. And um, Trip had read the message, and he feels guilty about it. So he yeah. goes to speak to um, to Paul to let her know that look, we found out about the subspace message going on between you and yeah. the Balkan. He was he ship. was he was quite cute because he was genuinely thorn. He felt bad, yeah, because Archer was like, you know, yeah, whatever, don't worry you, about know. It. you know, it's like because it was like all the all they have to do is just mark it personal. Yeah, send and through the regular channels and mark it as personal, and no one would have said anything. Um, but yeah, they find out that Tapal didn't do that because it would have taken too long, and yeah. she needed to give an answer right. I then. kind of understand him though because you remember that I had a similar experience. From the um, starship? No, <laughs> in an office ship. <laughs> do you remember when I was working uh, in London, uh, my last job in London, and um, I was basically a studio manager there. I'm just gonna tell the listener very quickly. And as part of the job, um, the various things I was doing in the office, I was also opening the mail um, because we had like sort of a merger of several companies. So anyway, I was managing that as well, and. Um, Obviously, if it, the mail was named to someone, I would just give it to the person. But this one envelope turned out to be not... It wasn't an envelope, sorry. It was a package. And it turned oh. out to be... That was a name that nobody recognized. But I was fairly new, so I started asking people around, so does anybody know this person? And nobody knew, so I opened it. And it turned out to be it was a sex chair. <laughs> you remember? I told you, and I was so, and the whole company was literally about that floor was about thirty-five people. I don't think they've ever laughed so much, and we felt really, um, it was so funny. But then it turns out that it was actually an, a real person. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't anything. And the day after, not um, actually an, an hour or so later, one of the colleagues mentioned that but isn't that the name of so-and-so's wife and so everybody realized and um and it basically turns out that this guy and his wife were trying to um conceive like a doing uh, they're doing like a, an ivf uh, uh, course and i don't know they were trying to spice up the sex life and for some reason they had orders this Toy and this got sent to the office. Brilliant. Most people get that was hilarious. And he was off from that day. The guy was off. So the day after, we had to give him the open package (laughs) and tell him that everybody in the company knew. And that basically, I had to do the job. So it was. I kind of understand trip in this situation. It's kind of mortifying. You don't mean to do. It was genuine mistake because we didn't know the name, but still. So what you're saying is you're a snitch. Yeah, definitely. Snitches go stitches. <laughs> I have to remember that. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so Trip 
Tucker, he speaks to Topol, lets them know. She says something funny, actually, in that scene, because I think she says something like, um, I have some other private letters in my room. Would you like yeah, to read yeah, those exactly. as well? <laughs> that was quite a good line. Um, and then I think Archer calls her to his quarters. But, but just before that scene, or just after that scene, I should say, Topol goes to see Dr. Flotz because she's been having headaches and mm. stresses on her neck. And it turns out she hasn't been sleeping for the last two mm. days, which I assume is because of this the letter, yeah. This letter of the stress of this. We don't know at that point, right? Because they haven't revealed haven't, yet. Yeah, they didn't reveal at that point oh. that she was to be married. But obviously this was a stress that was on her mind. And um, Dr. Flock said, you know, we understand that whatever we talk about is confidential under mm. patient doctor privilege. And, you know, would you like to speak to me? She said no. And then he said, look, I'm sure there's... Not many people that you would probably talk to around here, but mm. there is one person that you would like to speak to. Maybe it'd be good to talk to them and get it out of your system. Yeah. Thing. So they're setting up basically that obviously her and Trip will have a conversation later on. Um, but before that happens, Archer invites her to his quarters and he's like, Look, why don't we invite the Vulcan captain over? I think it's Captain Vanek, played by yeah. William um, Ute. Ute, yeah. Why don't we invite him over for dinner and we can just have a chat? break the ice as the episode suggests and we can just kind of find out a little bit more about him and he can find out a little bit about us show them the ship etc yeah so he asks to pile for some Vulcan dishes that they can the chef can knock up for for dinner so that's a good idea I thought that's a pretty cool idea mm. um but that doesn't go well yeah <laughs> that dinner again and then we have again the scene at the so yes, another scene in the quarters, in the quarters over at a meal. So we're, we, we're getting yeah, okay. We're getting tired of that now. But this was this was quite a, bit, a fun dinner because Archer was really trying hard but then, to do yeah. his best to kind of warm up to the guy, yeah. be sociable, be fun and kind. And he was telling stories and repertoiring and yeah. being a raconteur, trying his best. Mm. And the Vanny guy didn't it touch his fun. food. No, didn't have anything to drink. It was probably rude. It was really yeah. really funny. Um, and yeah, he didn't get anywhere. And then I think Archer just finally gets fed up and he was like, Oh, you know, you must be busy. I'll let you get back to your ship. I just have one more question, you know, why are you spying on us? Yeah. And then Vanek sort of cuts it back and says, You know, if we were spying, you would know. No. You would have known. Yeah. So Archer, I think, kind of realizes, Okay, he'll win this one for now. Yeah. I'm just going to go on and carry on drilling, basically, yeah. with, with Reed and Mayweather. I wanted to say, uh, in regards to this scene, the set of the uh, captain's quarters and stuff, it kind of, yeah, it is boring. I think it's boring because of the the general feel, you know, the the the, um, the colors that we have in the in the gen, in the gen generally. In yeah, the, in it doesn't the help. It's very grey, yeah. very steel and industrial. Um, but otherwise, is in in. in Inessential. See that that like is, that would have been a perfect opportunity for them to do a walk around the ship. So as he's trying yeah, to that's true. warm, you know, get him to warm up and kind of talk, and because he in the dinner he suggests you know we can take a walk around the ship. Yeah. So that scene would have been a bit more interesting if they had true. been on a walk and talk, right? Yeah. And they would have been a nice back and forth. So we would have seen a bit more of the ship. Would have had a bit more energy. But yeah, but what I was gonna say is that it, it, it it's a very similar setup to what we have in Next Gen with when they play poker. How many scenes do we have that they're playing poker together? But because they're doing a fun activity, and you always have data with this hat. You know, um, you know, and there's always like four or five people at the table. Just just because of that, it's a, a ready like a light-hearted 
um, feeling and yeah. energy. And so I think it doesn't feel boring, boring. right? Well, and also it came a bit later in the series where it wasn't immediately, immediately there. Right, it came right, a little bit later. Right. So even there, they broke away from... They created another set, so to speak, yeah. where the, a, a few of the team can gather up and have a talk before whatever the episode mm. carries on from. But, yeah, it can start from there. So, yeah, they added the poker room in Next Generation mm. to the ready room, the meeting room, the bridge, um, 10 forward. So, yeah, they um, even they expanded the... Yeah, Picard's, the, yeah. Picard's quarter. Because Picard has dinners as well. He often has dinner with the doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. We always Earl Grey. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, even they kind of... Mm. And then it gives you a sense, because it's always hard. Like today you were saying there was a shot just outside the ship um, where I think either when it was uh, the pod leaving with Rita Mayweather to go down to the comet mm. or just a shot oh, from yeah. outside uh, yeah, when they were the Enterprise leaving, yeah, yeah. when they were chasing it. And you were saying, I, I kind of want to know how big this ship is. Like, yeah. trying to, you still don't quite know yeah. the size of it. Yeah, you don't really get that. You just see this picture, and I was just looking at the kind of ratio of the shuttle versus the ship, and and I said to you, does it look? It looks like I don't know the size of an of a more of a shopping mall. Right. Right. It doesn't look like you know particularly huge or something that I would expect to be huge and have like a the amount of crew that they they're supposed to have. I don't know. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, you still don't quite know, and because <clears throat> at the moment, at least, anyway. I mean, again, we're only a few episodes in, but we already have an idea of the core scenarios and sets that they set up the the plot mm. to take place and dialogue to take place. So, yeah, we still haven't got an, an idea of just how expansive and how yeah. how big the ship is. Um, so, so yeah, after that dinner, we go back down to the comet with um, Rita Mayweather. And obviously to drill, because the um, the mineral is down um, quite deep into the surface, so they have to, mm. to, to blow away some of the surface before they can sort of grab their sample, which they do. But in doing that, um, the comet slightly sh- goes off axis. It kind of shifts yeah. off, off axis. So it's facing a star. And because the majority of this comet is made of ice, it begins to melt and mm. cracks the ice, which makes it sort of dangerous. So... The episode kind of gives us this ticking clock, essentially, yeah. to kind of. And I think that was important to do. That we obviously, you know, something's going to happen. Whether it was going to be some alien that they bump into, something had to happen yeah, there some to, for some some yeah. problem to, to, to um, generate some drama. Um, so while that's happening, we come back to the ship, and like I said earlier, Doctor Flox encourages Paul to go and speak to someone on the ship about what's on her mind, and she chooses Trip. Yeah, and we see. I think. This is the first time we've seen inside her quarters, so technically it was a new location. Mm. Again, it was very small, very tight, and very grey, yeah. but it was somewhere different. And um, that's where she confides. They basically talk about what he read in the notes, and we find out that she was um, arranged to be married by her parents from when she was a child wow, to, yeah. to this other guy. I think his name was Klaus, I think his name is or something. Um, and she wanted his advice because she would have had to have left Enterprise pretty sharpish. If she, yeah, if it was going she to have basically affected. Pretty much would have gone back with the Vasic. Yeah, yeah, it would have gone with Vanek. Vanek, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And she wanted Tripp's advice as to what she should do because she wasn't quite sure. Should she stay in the Enterprise or should she go and get mm. married? And um, this was another. She look like the Marine type. <laughs> this is another one of those 
nice um, uh, clash of cultures between sort of I wouldn't even say almost Vulcan and humour just between emotion and logic again right so yeah where his, his first uh, answer is like well what do you want yeah what do you want to do you know and she was talking about this is That's tradition irrelevant. yeah it's irrelevant this is all about tradition this has been already resistant is futile <laughs> <laughs> it's already been set up um, it's already been arranged you know my culture and that's lame my sort of um, respect for from childhood you know has you know, this over kind of um, oversees whatever my personal um, situation is I have to do this essentially that's what she's mm. saying and Trip is like well you don't have to do this mm. you know you should you have a choice you need to have a choice you need to think about what you want to do here this was arranged when you were just a child so you didn't really have a say in it yeah. and people change over all that time people do change so yeah how can you know if you love this guy you know, and you want to spend what 10, 20, 100 years with him on the hope that you would develop love if only you knew the kind of guy I was thinking I was going to marry when I was 10 years old <laughs> oh, you want to marry um, Pancharello from Chips no that was when I was 5 oh ok 5 sorry So who was um, that time? was my celebrity crush when I was 4 or 5 years old so who was 10 Knight Rider was it no 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 um, it was uh, MacGyver oh MacGyver yeah Okay. But that wasn't that was just celebrity crush. Mm. So who was in, the marriage? MacGyver was the marriage? No, 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 no. Uh, that was just sort of yeah, celebrity crush and stuff, but So who did you want to marry? But no, I'm saying it wasn't anyone in particular said so the kind of the um the type of person the type of person that I wanted I imagine myself marrying or I wanted to marry is literally the opposite of you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like well, that's, no, uh, no, rise and shine, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you next week. <laughs> no, don't be silly. No, like in the, in the sense to prove your point that it's completely you, different when, when what you like when you're a child, when you think or you have a certain image of, especially things like marriage and and things like that. I'm not. It's not a, a complaint, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying physically, I was. <laughs> Physically, I was gonna, I was half, I liked to like blonde and blue eyes, and you know, the typical Prince Charming that you because that's what I was seeing like on the story because in my books, what I was seeing on TVs, and that sort of thing, oh. you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, I'm just, I'm not, it's not a complaint, <laughs> stop feeling hurt. <laughs> I used to, Phaser said to stun. <laughs> um, okay, I thought I feel like trash. Where are we now? Um, yeah, so. Please trip. stop it. So, um, yeah, I so, was trying to support your point. Mm. So, um, <laughs> did do a good job. So, Tapar was basically like, screw you, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm going to marry him, basically. Oh, you know, I, I'm going to stick to tradition. It's all about tradition, basically. Yeah. I'm not going to break my tradition just to please my lustful hormones. This is, you know, this is the right thing to do. And Tripp is like, well, why did you call me to your room then if you already made up your mind, bitch? So I'm going to go. But you can see that, basically, she was... In the back of her mind, she was thinking that Trip is kind of making some sense here. Tradition right now is not... Tradition or not, I'm not feeling how I should be feeling about this guy. So, mm. yeah, kind of ended with trip leaving, letting her, you know, it's up to you what you want to do, but you need to think about yourself in this situation. And she was like, mm, okay. And she kind of 
leaves him to go, but you can tell from the, the way the camera lingers you know, on the face as they're thinking, she will make a different decision maybe mm-hmm. towards the end of the, of the episode. Um, so yeah, so while that's happening, we go back to the, to the comet and um, Trip, no, not Trip, sorry, Mayweather, he kind of falls down and hurts his knee. And you said poor. Yeah, clumsy. Clumsy, you said. Very clumsy. And, but again, um, it's just to add. It's just to kind of add, yeah, some drama. Add a bit more drama to the ticking clock. So basically, the earth, the, the ice is cracking on the, or the surface is cracking on the on the comet. They get back to the pod. They get back into the ship, ignite the thrusters, and of course that causes the surface beneath them to give way, and they drop 18, 20 meters down further into the core, the crust of the comet. And so they, they need to be rescued. They need to be rescued. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, the Enterprise the NX01, which we're on, doesn't have um, a what do you laser. Call them? Uh, not a laser. It's called, a they laser. don't have a um, <laughs> a tractor beam. Tractor beam. Yeah. They only have a literally have a physical grappling hook, <laughs> Batman style. Literally have a grappling hook. <laughs> Which is so funny. Every so time I funny see it, see it makes it. me laugh. It's <laughs> hilarious when you kind of see it. And um, but they have no choice; they have to use it. But then T'Pol reminds Archer, which he's done a few times, to ask the um, Captain Vanek and the Vulcans for help because he did offer yeah. the help. And she challenges Archer to put aside his ego because yeah. he doesn't want to do it because he feels like I don't want them to kind of know what we're doing or want to owe them any favours or let them feel that yeah. they've got one up on us because yeah. it already doesn't feel like they look down to humans they think they're yeah. inferior and in some ways they are you know they're stronger than us they're more intelligent they have more control of their emotions yeah. the only thing we have over Vulcans really is and the fact got, that and we are more and they've got a tractor beam and they have a tractor beam they can go faster in warp so they have a right to basically yeah. look down upon humans yeah. um, but Archer doesn't like that so he doesn't really want to ask for any help but to Paul says look this is a way for you to kind of get closer to build a bridge um, between Vulcans and us and, and humans and yeah. basically put your ego aside and ask them for help yeah because he's going to expect because he's expecting be... you to not to ask for help yeah. because he thinks humans are arrogant mm. so if you ask for help that will be like okay he's admitting that you need us yeah and Archer says you know what you're right this grappling hook is not working yeah yeah, no, the um, child, it was like um, using those um, the machines that you like, the Japanese... Uh, uh, yeah, it's like a UFO catcher Yeah, UFO machine. catcher, literally. Or one of those sort of fishing felt. games at fairgrounds, you yeah. know. Um, it was like one of those. But it's not, so yeah, it's, it's obviously not working. And the tractor beam, you know, gets them out in seconds, yeah. basically. So it, it does work. Because the problem was that the the sun, the, 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 the comet was staring away from the sun. So... The ice would have built mm. very quickly again, and basically would that's have tried right. So they the, add uh, even more time to the ticking clock by yeah. saying that um, not only is it not working, but even if it was working, because the uh, the comet that was moving away from the star, from yeah. the heat of the star, the, the it was recrystallizing very yeah. quickly. So they would have been frozen in ice. They would have been mummified basically in yeah. ice down there. So yeah, that added. Even more, I guess, incentive for, yeah. an urgency for Archer to then ask for help to put his ego aside and ask for help. Otherwise, he would have had um, two frozen popsicle crewmen down there, and yeah. he, all because of his ego. So that's right. Yeah, that's an important part to give him that extra oomph to kind of ask for help. They ask for help. Tractor beams them out of there, and um, yeah, it turns out to be all good. 
And that was pretty much the episode. Oh, there's a, so there's a nice little ending to the episode. So after that, so they rescue everyone. Everyone's happy. Um, Archer's like, you know, we found some of this uh, mineral. I see yeah. them, you know, if you want to check it out. And Vanek is like, yeah, no, yeah. it's all good. We're not really interested. <laughs> and Trip says, well, we kind of like your uh, technology of that tractor yeah. beam. You know, mind kind of sharing that with us? And he's like, nah, it's classified. <laughs> and so Vanek and they kind of zoom off. So, yeah. Kind of still. Well, back. I guess he, he's not in a position to really. Yeah, and why was he going to share it with them either yeah. as well, right? So yeah, so no, no tractor beam yet, and but they've got some, some minerals to kind of explore and kind yeah. of examine and check out, and there was a nice kind of ending where we kind of go back to, to Paul's quarters. We we don't kind of see her, but the camera sort of pans across her room. And she's kind of got all the candles because she's kind of meditating there. So it's obvious obvious that she's staying on the Enterprise and she turned down the offered offer of marriage. But kind of what seals it in a nice way, in a silent way, without having to say anything, is that as the camera pans down to a table, you see a piece of the pecan pie. The pecan pie, yeah. So which is a nice kind of touch. It's kind of showing... And this is the first... So basically it's the first time that T'Pol is willingly eating human food for enjoyment. Because normally she does it as a courtesy when she's yeah. with the captain to make him feel comfortable, basically. Yeah, but she doesn't really Ultimately, like it. Ultimately, she doesn't really like it. And also, I think... But this it, time, she purposely yeah. ordered that pecan pie. She ordered that, and I feel like she's... She's not ordered the cold starting milk, Starting to break the ice of yes. herself. Her so kind eyes. of full circle were breaking her own yeah. ice. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure they're setting up something for her and Trip to get a little bit closer because it kind of connects yeah, them kind of, it, it, yeah. these two and also it's, 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 it's kind, in a way it's kind of obvious because they're being uh, such opposites from the very beginning they're being opposites from the like, kind of the beginning arguing, but at the same time it's a, got that tension the sexual tension yeah they have a lot so. of scenes together even though we'll Archer see. has scenes with her as well but it's clear that the kind of um, um, emotional tension or a kind of, of a possibility of a relationship mm. it seems to be with Tucker and T'Pol as opposed yeah. to Archer say and um, T'Pol so yeah. it looks like they're setting that up and that pecan pie I think kind of kind of it was a nice kind of ending I think it kind of yeah wrapped up the whole breaking the ice thing I think that nice. Archer doesn't really come across unlike say other captains take Kirk or Picard he doesn't really have that persona that makes him like a sex symbol or some kind of you know man to be desired he's just like yeah you know nice next door guy but yeah not really he's a straight up captain and um, I guess he's probably thinking he's got a lot to prove and this is his dream he's always wanted this you know from the pilot episode you know he's been yeah, painting he's ships never. as a kid and he's been so this he's living his dream and I think he's very much all about that and you're right because it's kind of flipped in terms of the roguish charm of the mm. captain so Kirk originally yeah. was that yeah. with Spock as a straight man yes. and then it's kind of flipped now the captain is a captain but yeah. the number one or his He's closest like confidant like, uh, yeah. Gives you more of yeah. that sort of charm. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, um, like Picard had a lot of episodes where he was clearly desired. My man. man, yeah, right. right? Uh, he had a few. Yeah. He had that. He had uh, Troy's mom. She was always in Troy's love with him. On his case. Chasing him. That woman that he met on Rise, that adventurer pickpocket yeah. thief woman, that they were close yeah. before she ran he off has, with you. Yeah, he Beverly has could have had. Beverly, exactly. I was going to say that. Pretty sure you might have Beverly back in the day. No, he did. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It, it, was, it was something like. 
we find out uh, some in one of those sort of weird episodes that's uh, secret parallel uh, world later on episodes no no no, no it was like in this in this one he was I think he liked her but his friend says something about her um, so he I don't know he didn't pursue or something like this I can't remember I need no. to go but back also and watch he was but best friends with her husband who died Do you remember he always yeah. felt guilty about the yeah. accident of, yeah of there died. was that but he, he definitely there was definitely some kind of feelings and they did I think have like maybe a kiss or something, but maybe they didn't yeah they definitely yeah. had a moment or two but <clears> yeah it didn't I don't think it so, even if he wasn't to the level of Riker, you know. But you could see the appeal of him. Yeah, love God, Riker. Yeah, yeah, a lot of women liked Picard. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Riker's another level. Riker is like at the Olympus level. (laughs) (laughs) Love God, Eros. But, um, yeah, but instead Archer, he's just like, I don't know, you're (laughs) 10-year-old. I don't find him not because of the actor or anything, uh, uh, Scott Bakula, but he he just doesn't strike me. He's just like, uh, no, he's, yeah, he's a captain's captain, right? He's yeah. There's no very straight backed flirtation you know, flair about him. Not not really, no. But not yet. There's still time. I think <coughs> Maybe, he's, yeah, he I hasn't see. met his his one yet, right? I think mm. Tapal and. I, th- I actually think you see I think that we didn't see him in this episode of Portos right um, no Portos yes yeah I didn't notice that yeah but we we didn't see it and uh, um, but I think it's a perfect choice for Beagle because like Archer is what I think of Beagle <laughs> when I see a Beagle you see cuteness you see it, like nice dog and everything but you don't really think of like ooh you know it's a manly dog it's, a, it's something, something that it's a nice safe happy yeah. obedient dog yeah, yeah. nice That's, cute just right and yeah. nothing sort of dangerous or nothing sort of like you know yeah, mysterious yeah. and sort of exciting about it but a beautiful loving yeah. obedient dog all the same yeah I think it's a good match so first you call me trash and you settled and now you're calling Archer a, a beagle please uh, <laughs> I don't mean to be rude I just happen. I don't mean to be rude <laughs> trash <laughs> I didn't call you trash first of all don't no. put words in my mouth not literally but um, I know you settled it's okay <laughs> oh dear! Um, but that essentially, that I think that's it, right? That was pretty much that episode. It was, yeah, it was okay. It was. Yeah, I know. We didn't do much. It was very predictable. You knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, just from the title, it kind of really was on the nose. Um, and they didn't do that much. We're still waiting for some kind of. Um, Climactic cause no, that's going to something that you can tell is going to be the thing for the season. You know, yeah. What is this thing? What's the Borg? What's the Jemadar? What's even the Ferengi? What's something that's just oh, I can tell these guys are going to be around for the next season, the next few episodes at yeah. least. Still haven't gotten anything that's you know a, a, a great sort of um, antagonist or even an interesting protagonist or ally nothing really we're very much still on the ship very much still getting to know the characters well enough now I think we know the characters if you've been into Star Trek you kind of know the setup anyway Mm. there's nothing so different about them that we haven't seen from the previous series so I think it needs to the next episode or two give us something that says ooh these guys are going to be around for the next or they are 
the Borg or they are going to be the Enterprise's antagonists. But maybe this series is just really about establishing the relationship um, I think we've had enough. Be- I think we get it now. Vulcans and, and We get humans. it. I think it's time to... We need something and we need another to bring thing. In a... Yeah, we need something that's... Mm. You know, at the end of this episode, we're like, oof. Like, they don't... It's not a happy ending. It really messes them up. It tells them that this exploration game is... It's tough. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So we need that now, I think, <clears throat> to look forward to. So we're hoping we get that. But let's rate Breaking the Ice, episode 8. Um, what would you think? So we have a rating system here. Yeah. One to five pips, basically. Um, Engine, Lieutenant, Commander, Captain and Admiral. Episode 8, Breaking the Ice. Michaela, what would you give it? Uh, I'm being generous and I give it a Lieutenant, two pips. Yep. Yeah. I was going to go one, but because of the pecan pie, two pips. <laughs> The two because it didn't have Porthos, yes, and the pecan pie just about just about it's just really about. at 1.5. Yeah, and the kids, the kids' questions, yeah, yeah, that was fun, even though it took a little bit too long, but it was fun, it was kind of interesting. And you kind of get to see a bit of personality and how things work on a ship, and that, that was kind of fun. So, yeah, it was a, it's a two pips, but it was really Being generous, not, yeah, not pips. much happened. Yeah. Um, again, yeah, we still haven't got. You know the to, thing. To be fair, be... it's actually the worst episode so far that we mm, uh, that we seen. Y- Even w- yes, I probably would say yeah. it's the worst episode so far. Um, just because just nothing, nothing really happened. happened yeah. yeah. Other than that, yeah, it just was a filler. Nothing really happened. Um, so yeah, not much. Um, episode MVP, I would say Jolene Blaylock mm-hmm. to Paul, who plays to Paul. Yeah. She was she was good. We got to see a little bit about her now and about her background and what's going on in her life it's yeah. always hard being a Vulcan and she's very Vulcan in this yeah. I think she's the most Vulcan of any <laughs> Vulcan I know she's incredibly Vulcan um, yeah. so yeah like you said I think yeah we broke a bit of a, a small fissure a small crack we didn't completely yeah. shatter it we got a little look we didn't even crack out anything we kind of got to see underneath the ice yeah. a little bit like a, a blurry keyhole, image of yeah. of her of something going on in her life so that was interesting um, and I think the best line of the show had to come from has to be Captain Vanek William Ute at the dinner table it's very funny um, Archer bless him he's doing his best to kind of um generate some conversation um, entertain his guest and um, make him feel comfortable and he's recounting a story with Trip about when he was on another Vulcan ship because um, he's impressed by the um, Surok class Vulcan ship that the captains come from so he's kind of telling him the story about this time you know we went on this ship and oh we laughed and it was funny and he kind of looks over to Vanek and Vanek's like you were easily impressed he just yeah. kind of it blew the wind out, took the wind out of his sails yeah. completely, and it was great. It was a classic Vulcan line. You know, this guy just yeah. just was not having yeah. it. He just was not didn't want to be there basically. Um, and then that's when he gets mm-hmm. up and it was like, you know, I know you want to get out of here, so I'm going to cut this short. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a great line. You're you're easily impressed. I, so I, I thought that was great. And speaking of ships, I do like the Vulcan one. That Vulcan ship I was thought, very cool. I thought w- was an excellent design. Very cool. It ship. could be something designed by Dyson. <laughs> That's right. Very it reminds cool me ship. of a Dyson fan. Yeah, how does that? Yeah, it does have a. You know of, those really cool looking. Yeah, it was a very cool looking ship actually. Yeah, and 
arch it's wasn't got resting, the red yeah. in it yeah and it has this kind of circular mm, thing going yeah. on and um yeah the surak yeah, class ship that was mind. very very cool yeah i like that ship hopefully mm. you might see that again is yeah. that like um uh, would that be a standard vulcan ship or just seems to be exploration class maybe it's a called a surak mm. class ship so we have to do a little bit more research on that but it was very cool mm. well, i don't think it was a battle or cruiser kind of yeah, combat just... ship um seems to be um, <clears throat> um exploration scientific vessel right um but yeah it was very cool very cool looking mm. and again it kind of shows the difference i guess in design or thought mm. between vulcan and human yeah in terms of the ship and they got cool technology tractor beam warp 6 6.5 yeah so yeah that was interesting yeah that was fun um i think that's it nothing yeah. more to do i think it was okay yeah, very average. Very average. Very forgettable. Yeah. Lieutenant, two pips. Um, yeah, nothing burger Robin episode, really. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, next week will be better. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's our podcast for today. Thank you so much for joining us. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're with us during this lockdown, so we really appreciate it. Um, if you like what you listen to, you can find more of our episodes, previous episodes, over at anchor.fm. Apple Podcasts, where else? Pocket Casts, Google. Google, all the usual places you go to get all your podcast goodness. And Michaela? And if you'd like to leave a like, a comment, or simply say hello, you can find us at Riser and Shine on Facebook, or you can send an email to Riser and Shine Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. So join us here next week where we'll be discussing Series 1, Episode mm-hmm. 9. And it's called Civilization. And apparently this Ooh. one, Topal finds an unusual neutrino readings on a planet with a pre-industrial society. So, so, ooh, that might be interesting. So off-ship, then. interesting off-ship. Yes, it's probably going to be... Pre-industrial society, but pre-industrial society 100, 200 years from now is quite interesting. <laughs> so we'll have to see what that turns out. Hopefully no, it it's can't be. be. But again, yeah. remember that that Enterprise... Is set 130 years from 2020. That's what I'm saying. So if so it's a pre-industrial society, it's, then it's going to be interesting. It means it's, it's like 1800, uh, 1900, sorry, 1900 century, mm-hmm. pre-industrial. Industrial revolution is 1800 and something. So, uh, so I'm thinking, yeah, and, and Earth time. I'm thinking, yeah. is it pre-industrial? They're pre-industrial in terms of society. Yeah, yeah. in the current in the enterprise timeline, as opposed right. to our pre-industrial. Do you get what I mean? Like when she goes there, is it pre-industrial to that particular civilization in the enterprise timeline, as opposed to Earth's pre-industrial society? So I'm interested to see which right. one. Right, right. Like I mean. meaning you're still in a sense still 2,251, right. but that society is. Pre-industrial, Pre-industrial level. Yes, yeah. Ah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be interesting. Yeah. I might go and watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. This is Rise and Shine with Jason and... Michaela. We're out of here. Walk three. Punch it. <laughs>